Hey everybody, this is James and Marco and Nabil and this is the Movie Pals podcast, podcast number 13. Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California, open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email waterfrontcomics at gmail.com today we are going to be going over what we've been watching a brief little news uh a topic brought to you by marco and a review of star wars episode 8 the last jedi also stay tuned to the end as just like last uh, podcast we had marco will be going over our giveaway hey what you watching so, Marco, what you been watching? Uh, well, for starters, uh, I went to go see the new Denzel Washington movie, Roman J. Israel, Esquire, with nice. James. And I gotta tell you, it was all right. Not so nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was it was okay. Um, but uh, in in a nutshell, uh, Denzel Washington. Um, it also stars Colin Farrell and uh, Carmen Ejogo. But uh, Denzel plays uh, Roman J. Israel Esquire. The title uh, character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's uh, basically an ex-activist, if you will. Or he's trying to still stay as an activist. Um, he's a passive activist? <laughs> no. But uh, he's, he's a civil rights attorney. And he's still trying to uh, continue... Uh, a battle that he had started years ago where he wants to bring change to the criminal justice system. But he recently lost his job because the firm he was working at uh, is in serious debt. So he starts to work uh. for an affiliated firm, uh, was loosely in partnership with his old firm, and essentially tries to take his battles uh, through them. But the uh, the main guy, played by Carl, Colin Farrell, uh, has an issue with it and wants nothing to do with any social change and wants to keep the status quo of just uh, being a big criminal defense attorney. And it puts him at odds. Um, but there's no real like climax to the movie, if you will. It's sort of just like so, roll, so it's it's real, it sort of just rolls through and there's so nothing. It's, it's like real life. <laughs> It's yeah. It's sort of like it, a, nothing it, ever gets resolved. It's like a page of a, a page in a book in a guy's life. Yeah, essentially. I would. Yeah. I so I saw this with Marco too, and I'm just gonna hop on this too because I obviously it's in my what, what am I watching? Right. It's really well acted by Denzel Washington. I'd say so. That's yeah. he's been nominated for Golden Globe for this one. So we we've slowly begun our Oscar race viewing. So it's gonna get nuts here in the next like month and a half. But. Um, it's really, it, yeah, he's an activist, but he ends up doing something that they, in, in that it's in the trailers, really. It's not a spoiler, but yeah, he does something that leaves him with a lot of money and he, it's like, it's really his moral values. Everything he's fought for is basically what he just did is everything he's against. So that's like, I guess that's the climax where he realizes like, oh fuck, I shouldn't do this, but yeah, or he, he goes, the against, payoff is bad basically. Yeah. Um, the, the, the whole scene where he's like going against, uh, like all his values, like James was saying and his morals and he's questioning himself and who he is, um, is, is really good, but, um, there's, there's really no, like, there's no resolve at all. Um, there's, there's a point in the movie where, uh, 
where Colin Farrell's character takes him on, Rome J. Israel, on trying to take this big case to the Supreme Court and trying to, to make change, but nothing really comes of it. And it, it, the movie builds it up as if that's that's the main battle that they're going to face. But it's it's really more like um, like a battle of morality, um, yeah. knowing true right from wrong, uh, w- which is good, but I don't think that it's set up too well in the movie. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. The payoff is really terrible in this one. Yeah. And overall, it's it's directed by Dan Gilroy, who did Nightcrawler with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. So it has very similar themes of someone going down a unfamiliar path. Yeah. Some, sounds like it started <laughs> yeah. strong, kind of uh, lost its way somewhere near the end. Yeah, it's, it's enjoyable. If anything, it's a, it's a renter. Yeah. Like, I would recommend it through like Redbox or if it comes out on Netflix or something but well I mean it was I, an excellent movie pass choice I'll <laughs> yeah. say that much I want to use that well and if you're yeah. a Denzel fan um, I'm sure it's not probably really good especially if we got nominated true yeah. his before his performance definitely was good mm-hmm. I will give it that the the performances the acting was good but uh, the plot was mm, subpar uh, aside from that I've been uh, still catching up in the Arrowverse, uh, watching Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and The Flash. Nice. And uh, I got to say that watching these shows pretty much back-to-back makes them more enjoyable. I was talking about it with James uh, a couple weeks ago in how each show has sort of gone in different directions. And I'm trying like not to spoil too much for people who haven't caught up on these shows like me. Uh, but... I do say that the payoff for the crossovers is worth it. Like even for Supergirl, which I completely stopped watching. Um, they did one crossover where I'm at right now where it's it's called Arrival, and they basically stopped this huge invasion that oh, comes yeah, yeah. to Earth. And I I know I've heard that it's not like the best crossover, but I'm I'm going into this like with Really low expectations. It's not the strongest of each of the seasons, but when they come together and cross over, it's actually, like I said, worth the payout. So uh, I'm enjoying it overall, though. It's it's really fun, and um, the writing does have its moments. I agree. the The crossover events are like I, I've been watching, uh, trying to catch up too, and I'm I just finished the uh, Crisis on Earth X series and for all four and. They do really good with bringing them all together, especially because they keep what they do is they don't they don't like do it where it's always tailored to just oh this is a Supergirl episode this is a, a Arrow you know you're in their verse for yeah. their episode but it isn't like tailored to that they still make sure that the it's overarching plot face. right the overarching yeah. plot is still there and I think that's what they do really good with that and actually that's what I'm trying to catch up for is uh, Crisis on Earth X I'm not gonna lie because. James talked it up, and I saw the second trailer, and it looked better than the first one. So I'm very curious it's as to it's good as to how it turns out. Other than that, uh, I finally started watching Baller season three because I know Nabil mentioned it many moons ago. <laughs> Whoa, Baller is good. I like that show. <laughs> I I do, and it's nice to see Steve Gutenberg as a cameo in there. I think it's a it's a oh, great yeah, gem. That's right. <laughs> uh, but I like how they're making this entire third season uh, about bringing a team to. Las Vegas and explaining it in their version how the Raiders ended up getting that deal. So um, I'm liking that. I will tell you for this for the season, and I, you know, I know you're watching it, so I don't want to spoil anything. But um, The Rock, I don't, I don't like him as much in this season, and not not like him acting or anything like that. Like how they did the character, and it's I think it's intentional. 
that they make you not like him near the end of the show. Really? Yeah. Because he started really, off pretty well. Yeah, no, he starts great. But as it ends, nearby the end, I'm like, I really didn't like him. Oh, he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who don't watch the show, the, uh, the show Ballers, it's uh, it's on HBO. Um, it's comedy drama about an ex-NFL superstar named Spencer Strasmore who's trying to uh, find success as a financial advisor in Miami. That's that's the show in a nutshell. But um, they have a lot of great cameos from uh, different sports superstars. And uh, I think the, the story is pretty compelling in the show. But uh, I guess I'm going to find out in season three whether or not I still like uh, Spencer as a character or not. <laughs> um, and Bill's like, sorry about the spoiler. There's no spoiler. It's just <laughs> how I felt about him. He's a dick. <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, Mr. Robot season three finale. Great. If you're missing out on season three, stop what you're doing right now and go catch up on That's that shit. Me. Because That's it's my well shame. worth it. Um, and I, I did something... Uh, a little uh, experiment here on my own. Uh, near the beginning of uh, a few episodes ago, James and I were talking about how we let go of The Walking Dead. And I uh, <laughs> I came up with a theory of my own that you could watch the first episode of this new season and skip all the way ahead to the mid-season finale and you wouldn't have missed a thing. Well, I've completed my experiment and have only watched those two episodes. And I got to tell you, the theory is correct. Oh, you God. don't miss a fucking <laughs> yeah, dude. thing. I'm not sure. You can go from that episode to the mid-season finale, and it's like nothing else happened in between. Jesus and it's, it's terrible. Yeah. So um, it's got to be poor writing at this point, man. Yeah. I was I was actually shocked. I was like, holy crap! I'm usually not this accurate, but are they ending the show? Are they ending it with one more season? I don't know. Season uh, nine is what I was reading. They're looking at trying to finalize the, the series. This should be the final season if it is. I don't know. If this will be the final I don't season. see any any life left in the show. But uh, yeah, they, they've got plenty of source material, so <laughs> I don't know why they don't. Yeah, that's pretty much what I've been watching. No. Uh, James, what have you been watching? Um, so I'll keep it light. I've, I, I truthfully actually didn't watch too much stuff. I've been watching the Runaways on Hulu, the new Marvel show that's based nice. on the Runaway comics. So, in a nutshell, it's about a group of kids that find out that their parents are villains, in a way. They witness them killing a girl one night. And it's about, like, the interactions between them and kind of deciding what to do about their parents and what they want to do with their lives. Because each of them is, like, pretty gifted and stuff like that. It takes actually place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know what's funny is that you brought this up and I was trying to remember (laughs) what the show reminded me of. Um, and I've, I figured out what it was. It's the Disney's The Descendants. Have you ever heard of that? It's a popular I've, kid show. I've heard of the show, but yeah. I've never seen it's it. It's the heard of children it. of the villains from all the Disney movies, the animated films, and well, them in school and just together. And obviously not the same film, not the same uh, exact, but the, the overall kind premise, of a brilliant the idea. kids, yeah. uh, the, the, the villains. And I'm listening to this and it's like, it's the runaways. this is the, they're villains and they're the offspring and they're trying not to be like their parents. Well, they're not aware their parents are villains at the beginning. Oh, no. Okay. So they think their parents are normal people. And it's it's more of like a kind of a teen drama in a way, too. But it's it's well done. It has some cool action. The comic came out 15 years ago, too. So early 2000s. And it's one of those series that it actually is pretty it's pretty well done, man. Can you compare it to any? Because you have talked about it before. And, and I've seen some of the reviews say it's really good. Can you compare it to like a show? Like, is it 
like Riverdale kind of thing, like the CW kind of comic shows are more serious, a little more like It's more serious than yeah. that, I would say. It has its moments, and it's really, there's like six or seven kids on it that are pretty cool. So it's really more like a drama. Yeah, in a way, but it's actually pretty well done. So you said it takes place in the MCU. Mm-hmm. So are so these these characters aren't mutants then? No. Well, they, oh. they could be now technically, right? Okay, but they possess some sort of like do they have power? Meta human power. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it. Okay. Okay. Truthfully, because that would ruin probably the entire show. But gotcha. they all have unique abilities. I don't say that much. Okay. Marvel's Agent of Shield season five started, which I've been watching too for the last th- three weeks now, or four weeks. No, three weeks. It was two episodes for the premiere, then two new episodes. Um, it's not bad. It's kind of weird because they switched to space and they're in the future, which is going to blow everyone's mind right now. What? In the future. Yeah, it's like Guardians of the Galaxy. So they're dealing with the like the crawl and all that shit. So really going so, all full out Cosmo for this thing, huh? Yeah, but I think it's almost running a little too thin, especially this last episode I just watched. You think it's because of a build up to, you know, Infinity Wars? They can't really. Do no, too they're much of like it. a thousand years in the future, so they they have nothing oh. to do with what's going on. Spoiler alert! So by the way. they did a huge time jump. <laughs> it's a pretty big jump. It's because of events of right. season four, which once again I can't talk about because then it would ruin the entire season. But something happens in season four, and they wake up in the future. That's all I can say. But um, hmm, it's interesting. It's a different aspect of the show. I still think it's extremely well acted at this point, too. Um, I like all the characters. It's just the new characters on the space station there are kind of fucking annoying. It's still a show it's hard to recommend if you don't watch the other seasons, <laughs> obviously. Season four was amazing, though. So if anything, I would jump into season four and just watch it from there, because much like Walking Dead, you're not missing much if you start with season four. Although, you know, there's little connections, obviously, but the show itself is it's a lot better than when it started. I thought the first two seasons were extremely weak, mm-hmm. but from seasons three and four, it was really good. Season five is still, the jury's out still, but um, I'm hopeful. It's only three episodes in, three or four episodes in, so. I may give it a shot. We'll, yeah. we'll see. I'm still, like, on the fence on it, especially after just watching a few episodes of season one. Yeah, season one is terrible. Um, <laughs> don't judge it off that. Then I also saw a movie with Nabil here. We watched The Shape of Water, which, strangely enough, two people did bring it up to me. We were originally supposed to re- um, do the review last uh, our last pod on The Shape yes, of Water. Yes, we were. <laughs> but I fucked up on the date that it got released. It was only limited release, so it was not playing anywhere close yeah. to us. So we're not we're not big enough yet to get the private screening, but yeah. you know, if you keep sharing <laughs> our pod and getting people out there, maybe one day we will be. Man, share that shit. Yeah. Um, Guillermo del Toro is really unique in a way that I don't think, outside of Pan's Labyrinth, I don't think I've ever really liked his movies, truthfully. And I guess Hellboy, I, I, Hellboy's okay. See, I, but, I really liked the Hellboy movies. I didn't like Pacific Rim, though. I thought Pacific Rim was stupid. I haven't even seen it. Uh, Crimson Peak, as Nabil knows, I wasn't a huge fan of that one. Fuck, and I haven't seen it either. That's, I like his that. older stuff too, like Chronos and stuff. It's not bad, but it's extremely dated, I think. But um, this movie was fantastic. I keep hearing that. I can't believe that he he made it so that like a well. Let me just see what it says. So basically, a it's like a modern day fairy tale set in the fifties, basically sixties. Yeah, about, kind of a Beauty and the Beast esque kind of thing. Kind it's, of a little bit of Frankenstein, a little bit of everything here. But I think the difference is is that it's 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 truly is a love story. Yeah. Um, and um, that's 
that's what made this one this story much more different than a lot of the other kind of like Beauty and the Beast as like the they're truly in love the characters of this film. And it, and it shows you so well in this film. It's about a cleaning lady or she's janitorial, a janitorial type, service. Yeah. It's her name is Eliza, played by Sally Hawkins, who by the way does fantastic in this movie. Is so good and um she works at they don't explain too much, to tell you the truth. Is it a military base? Looks like some is secret it a, facility for the government. Facility? Yeah, some kind yeah. of government research. And facility. she falls in love with like this fish creature. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. I think the movie does a really good job of showing that like it's it's the theme of it really is about that it's not just about somebody it's like a person falling in love with the monster. Is that it's almost a message and it's a it's telling you about that people are different. And that this, you got to accept people who they are because the film features a variety of people. Um, Eliza herself is a mute, so she's technically like handicapped. Um, her best friend is a old gay guy named Giles, who, by the way, Richard Jenkins does really good in this movie too. And then it even shows you the bad guy, Michael Shannon, plays um, Richard Strickland, who's new head security. That guy's, in all honesty, that guy's the real monster. In the film, he's a terrible fucking person. He's super evil, and he he'll stop at nothing to get what he needs to get done for the government and his job. He's very like an egomaniac in a way. So it's that's pretty much what I got from the the trailer too. And it it seems like from what you're saying, or from what you guys are saying, that it, like the themes are really accepting people from various backgrounds, right? Is that yeah? What that's saying? like one of them. There's there's a couple of things too, but I say that's one of the biggest things is that it's a variety of people and acceptance of people what people do basically yeah and it's you know it's a very timely movie for the times that we live in now i think yeah, i think also it also it's not only just about like uh, acceptance of other people but again you know it's coming from the perspective of a woman it's showing it's expressing her sexuality um from her yeah. perspective it's an adult yeah it's time. very it, it is very adult um showing you know tropes of people trying to find acceptance and can't oh, yep you know um and also it it lays heavy on and it's not even necessarily implied racism you know and of course it's it's racism of the time um with michael shannon's character you know but like implied uh, discrimination yeah and um they, he kind of does a really good well uh, job of like melding everything like that together in the film and just showing that it's a outside of the swamp monster thing um that it's all really a part of the time like this is life here this is what you just have to accept and you you can't do anything about it but then you have um this relationship that blossoms between um liza and um the 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 monster um or the creature and um it just kind of they 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 fall for each other and she she does everything she can to kind of show kindness to him and eventually does you know have uh that has true feelings for her. And I think that's what's, that's why I say when, like I say, it's a true love story. It's not just about, Oh, there's a creature. I feel bad for it. I like the thing. I want to help it. It's not about that. Like she has true feelings for it. Yeah. And it's, and it's like versa. love is universal kind yeah. of a feeling too. It sounds pretty deep. It's no it, pun intended, but no, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is literally like a beautiful film. It is. The way it's shot, the set pieces are super great. Uh, the music is really well done. Yeah. Music is really good. Everything about this movie, this it, is easily maybe probably my top three films. It looks beautifully year. shot. I I definitely want to see it for sure. So I'm just waiting for it to uh, 
be released. It's uh, definitely not a kid's film. In all um, theaters. It's not PG, like James says, it's not PG-13, yeah. it's rated R. Um, and it, it points that out and sets the tone right at the beginning, because that was surprising <laughs> as well. <laughs> it relate, it, yeah. right off the bat, it, it's very similar in themes and to like Pan's Labyrinth. So right. think of it like that. It, it can get pretty uber violent at times, but there's a, everything has a purpose to it. And I, you know, for me personally, I really enjoy that Del Toro kind of, for me at least, kind of back to form for me. Because I love Pan's Labyrinth. So this was very much in the same kind of uh, reigns of it as well. And I, I, I just really liked it. Uh, Nabil, what have you been watching? You know, um, with the whole holidays and um, I haven't been able to watch as many films as I'd like, but... Um, Here we um, go again. Didn't we tell you last time? <laughs> I'm a little busy, but I have seen a few things. Um, Nabil, we're going to have to give you detention next time you don't I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to have a writing assignment to view some things here. <laughs> Nabil's like, I watched Channel News uh, 7, <laughs> three nights. A lot of news. <laughs> some shit My went life, down. You know, politics. But I did, you know, I watched some old ones. It's the holidays. And for some reason, when I think of the holidays, I think of ballet and I think of Russia. And so one of the films that I ended up watching, I know, it's weird. Winter in Russia, you know, it sounds really nice. That, okay. okay. He's like, Christmas good for me. It's always good in the motherland. So I was watching Anna Karenina. Nice. And um, this is a film that was set, uh, this is uh, actually done in 2012. Um, it stars Keira Knightley and uh, Jude Law, Aaron Taylor Johnson. It's a good cast. Um, and it's set in the late 19th century. It's a, basically, there's an aristocrat named Anna Karenina. She travels from St. Petersburg to Moscow to help her brother um, save his marriage because uh, he was having an affair. And the, the way it worked at that time in Russia is that the men set the rules. So if the wife gets divorced, she has nothing. She just leaves. Oh, it Right. Sounds like a good Christmas movie. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> well, it's not really a Christmas movie, but it's set in the winter. Um, Are they ballerinas? Well, the way the film is is done is actually uh, a play piece. So, so it's like a stage show you're watching, and you're. Uh, uh, what I really liked about this film, um, and I think, Nabil, sorry, times. is it the entire film is like that? Yeah. So it's like you're watching a play. You're watching. I've a heard play it looks really good. That's yeah, why it so. is really good. The costumes are great. Um, what you, what it is is essentially as soon as you open, you open up to a stage, mm-hmm. um, and then cool. the backdrop okay. falls down, and you see a bunch of people start walking around as if you're starting up in a stage and a play, and then the camera just kind of flows with the characters. But as they go, like if they're an example is if you're in indoors, they have the set piece, they show it, they show the transitions of uh, the different sets that they're going to, and then if you're oh, going. Wow. Out, outside if that's they happen cool. to be outside they're in the rafters you see them backstage that's them outside bunch of people outside you know i've seen like the, very different. the only thing like i've that. seen of it is like i know they do like the snow inside right or something right. like that. they do like the snow inside it's so it it's very visually it's it's really well done it's completely different than what you usually would see yeah it's um, very unique because it's not just on location this is literally made to be as a play um and cool. the story itself i mean it's I wouldn't say it's the most original story, but it, it is good. It's it's essentially so she she uh, Karenina falls uh, happens to fall for some other guy um, that she shouldn't. He's a captain in the army, but she's married. Um, tries to be strong. Her husband's very pure, very faithful. He's he's not always around. He's he's a has a pretty high rank in in the government, but um, is pretty faithful. But she for some reason just can't get him out of her head. 
um, and she can't go. Um, she hasn't done anything, but she feels guilty. And there, it's kind of like a will he, won't she situation. And she starts really falling in love, but things get really crazy throughout the film. Um, so she's flirting with temptation the whole right, movie, right? Pretty much. Um, but really, the things that I do like about it is that is that the the way they shoot it, the way it looks, you know, the music is really well done, the, the costumes, you know, the acting's really good as well. Um, and uh, it's just always for me, and always kind of a good thing to look back on. Um, it was nominated for an Academy Award, um, not for Best Picture, I don't believe. Design, it was I costume believe. design. I don't even think it won, um, though I wanted it to. Um, but it uh, one of the films that I really liked uh, over the last five years. So. That's and cool, no. be- because I was on like an Russian thing, I ended up somehow sidetracking to Anastasia, the 1997 animated film, also on Netflix. <laughs> Starring Meg Ryan. Yeah. Meg Ryan, John Cusack as uh, Dimitri as well. Um, oh, wow. And if you haven't seen it, it's essentially about um, the Romanov family, the last imperial family um, in Russia in um, the, the, I guess it's the early 20th century. Um, they were essentially being taken over by the people and were being kicked out. And the rumor is that everybody essentially got, uh, the czar of the family got executed and Anastasia, she was never really found and got lost. And she was lost for 10, 20 years. Her grandmother who ran away to Paris, um, put out an ad, um, saying a reward. If anybody could find her, they'll pay so much money for her. Um, and so she unknowingly finds her way, um, to Paris and gets discovered as Anastasia and, you know, kind of live happily ever after kind of thing. And outside of that, I've also uh, been, like I said, was watching uh, Crisis on Earth X for the DC uh, shows. And I have to say, nice. I do want to agree. Uh, I want to just say that, you know, what James has been saying about the show is really true. I haven't even watched like um, any of the other shows that, you know, like Arrow and Supergirl, just DC Legends and uh, The Flash. And... I'm really interested in what's happening in the Arrow series. You should check out Arrow, As I keep dude. watching, like, uh, it seems like a lot of things have happened yeah. that I might actually start enjoying. Supergirl doesn't seem like much has happened that I care about, but Arrow really seems interesting, and I might want to try to pick that up, because that seems like a show that's really have you, got, like, Have you seen out. any Arrow? Just the first season. Oh, wow. Oh, so I know things are <laughs> Dude. You're missing out. Oh. I'll say season three, not the greatest, but the last two are really good, so... Yeah, so it's definitely, you know, just seeing that intertwine. And I do like how they how they did this story arc even more than um, the Arrival one. Um, so it That's is, keep you know, yeah. it, it is uh, really... Better payoff, really Yeah, really good Especially payoff. at the end. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of curious to see how that ties in now to what with the next episodes. And I know that those are the season finales, uh, or mm-hmm. mid-season finale. So You'll see. Um, that'll be what I'll be watching this week. Cool. All right, that uh, that's everything we were watching there. Uh, <laughs> moving on here, we have some news items. What's in the news? Yeah, so going into the news, some uh, really big news. Disney buys Fox for about uh, $52.4 billion. Uh, So Fox is, uh, or Disney is going to scoop up Fox's movie and television studios. Um, They're going to get the regional sports network, some of the international holdings, among some of the other investments. Biggest thing here is that Fox, um, the Murdoch family, are trying to keep in the news area. They're going to keep the broadcast channel. Yeah. um, And they're going to keep their Fox News and some other small things here. But there are lots in L.A. too. They're keeping those. Yeah. So they're going to be focusing on kind of 
more of of the political, the news, and the public stuff. But Disney's really, I think, set themselves up for the future. You know, obviously, the big thing is about Marvel and um, the X Men universe crossing into each other now. Finally, um, potentially Fantastic Four. Um, which funny story if you didn't know this, um, Fox doesn't um. 100% own the rights of Fantastic Four. They just own the distribution rights. It's yeah, it's another, another it's another film thing. Yeah, right? but that other studio won't be able to release it because Fox has distribution rights. So without working with the Disney, um, they won't get any money off of it. From what I heard, too, that other company would most likely just give it, sell it back to Disney probably. anyways because I don't think they had any intention of releasing another film from what I've read. Yeah, so they probably had a last, so just get an early buyout, get some money off of it beyond, and be able to move on. Be a smarter move and... You know, it'd be great to have the Fantastic Four back in the Marvel family. And it's so. just cool to have X Men back. But I, I know yeah. there's, I know there's a lot of negative to this too. That Disney might well, change up things. The, it, they are going to be a much bigger studio now. And I think one of the things that my concern is is they now have a sixty percent stake once this goes through of Hulu. Um, so they were talking about doing a, serv- a streaming service. They're going to do a kids one, a sports one, and I'm assuming they're going to keep the Hulu one as a as a more adult one. You know, um, but that just kind of limits our options because now you don't have as many things to be able to to see. You know, 20th Century Fox is a big studio. Yeah. They have a lot of films, a lot of history, and that's all. And I'm sure Disney will do right to an extent, but still then, you know, we're not going to get that much originality, I think, um, as far as what's, what the big production companies are. Well, no, another reason, um, I was reading on the Washington Post that um, they want to compete with uh, the content market so Netflix, Amazon, right. um, and they wanted to basically add more programming to their streaming service that they're going to roll out, and that gives them access to a whole library of stuff. And yeah. yeah, I wonder if they're going to just kind of boost off of the Hulu base they already have. Maybe that would become the, their I would streaming think so. service. That's what yeah. I'm thinking, too. It already has a lot of users, so maybe this is something that would evolve into their new one. So. Yeah, I mean, because let's face it, if... You can like haul out a streaming service, but if you don't have a lot of content to distribute or to entice people to sign up for it, no one's going to sign up for it. So yeah. this gives them more variety as far as like what they're going to offer. But on the flip side to that, like you're saying to Bill, um, as far as like some oversaturation with the Disney formula, like that is like some of the like the dangers of this deal is like how much more of that like. MCU type formula are we going to see in all these other programs, all these other movies, etc. Or how are they going to compartmentalize like these these different studios? So. Yeah, and I mean you already have really big studios out there. Um, and and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but you've got Universal, you know ABC Universal, you have uh, Paramount, you have um, MGM, and you have Warner, uh, Brothers. Warner Brothers. Those yeah. are like the big ones that are left, and some of those aren't really even that big anymore. So. That's already a small category with Fox being out of the picture and it's just Disney, the behemoth right over that. That's going to really try to, you know, make it difficult to get these these other uh, companies to get their name out there or even smaller or big and get some real original contact out there. So I am concerned about that, mostly for the streaming stuff. But are they going to be okay with Deadpool? I think Um, so. They said they they would, right? Well, the Deadpool 2 is still coming out no matter what. But they said there should be room for rated R Marvel films in the MCU. And James, you've mentioned that they have the studio. Uh, is it Touchstone or? Yeah, yeah, they've Touchstone, had Touchstone for Studios. Forever, so which, and that's they've released rated R films with that. So I, mean, I think it's just that they don't want to. Like you're not gonna. No offense, you're not gonna see Deadpool walking around Disneyland right. taking pictures of people. No, no. Like I think that's the point. And you know, I personally, 
I, I don't see a huge issue with the entire thing. I like the fact that X-Men and Avengers can be on screen, especially with the uncertainty of what's going to happen after the Infinity fifth Wars. Avengers movie. No, fourth, I guess. Fourth, fourth Avengers. Avengers. Yeah. yeah. Fourth. After that. So I don't know. And don't worry, Marco. I don't think they'll ruin Avatar. So you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> James Cameron's probably really excited about it. I was, getting worried, loved, I was getting worried. I was getting worried for a minute Disney, there. Man. Yeah. So yeah he's, I was getting really like, worried there. I don't care. Awesome. Well, I know last episode we were also talking about the Queen biopic, Bohemian Rhapsody, losing its director. And it turns out that uh, they just found one now. Fox has hired Dexter Fletcher, known for directing 2016's Eddie the Eagle, and also starring in various roles, uh, including Lot Stock in Two Smoking Barrels, uh, Kick-Ass, and one of my personal favorites, Band of Brothers. Two. So what do you guys think about that? I, I didn't see Eddie the Eagle, but I heard it's pretty good. And from what I've heard, there's only two weeks left of shooting for Bohemian Rhapsody. Really? So this should be a pretty good wrap-up job. Plus, probably I'm assuming some uh, probably, ca- some probably minor reshoots. reshoots. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, like any movie. Uh, um, I don't really know. I don't really know this guy too well. I like his work as an actor. I remember him in uh, Lot Stock and Two Smoking Barrels and uh, Band of Brothers. Me too. Uh, I mean, they were minor roles, but still, he he showed some impact and some talent. But as as far as a director, I don't I don't know. He's if, written if a lot too. I, I was going to say I think right he's more of a writer of anything, but uh, obviously he has directed a semi successful film um, in its own merit. So. Yeah, I mean, like James said, the film's pretty much done, you know, outside of this stuff. Like, it's not like he's rewriting the script, True. you know, so he's just kind of taking over the helm. Just doing post-production stuff. Right, that's yeah. a lot of it. Um, so, and let's be honest, there was already a lot of beef going on on the set, so it can't get any worse for everybody, <laughs> that's you true. know? No, that's true. So, yeah, uh, if they were able to get a, a good good performance out of everybody with the, the drama that they were dealing with before... Whatever's left over here should be cake for them. I'm just glad the the movie's still being released. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm what I'm really excited it. about. It looks like it's going to be great. And the, uh, James had shared a screenshot not too long ago, um, and just showing that right there, just it looks really good. It looks really fun. All right, that is our news here. So let's move on to the topic of the week, brought to you by Marco. It's the topic of the week. All right, so in the spirit of Star Wars, I figured uh, this episode we'd talk about our top three Star Wars films, and we're going to exclude The Last Jedi for this bit because, well, obviously we haven't gone over the review yet, so uh, going into that, let's start with you, Nabil. Actually, one last thing too, guys. I know we've been doing a lot of these top threes. This will be our last one for a while. Just well, on top of our like 2017 year in top review. ten, yeah, but that, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we're not cheating you guys out. We still we are getting your recommendations for things, so don't worry, guys. Don't worry. It's my topic next week. Your voice will be heard. <laughs> well, actually, no, not even the topic. Oh, is we're doing the 2017. Yeah, yeah. So you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Sorry, and going back to Nabil. <laughs> Let's start with your number three. My number three um, might be a little controversial, but um, I do. Uh, I think uh, for me, it's Revenge of the Sith. It's Episode three. For for the films that were in the prequels, I think George Lucas got what he wanted out of the graphics. He finally kind of nailed that and said, <laughs> okay, this is how I want these films to look from the get-go. Um, I think he he was able to deliver his message for what he was for the for the other two prequels. It it all came together pretty well. You got to see Anakin go really dark. 
Um, and like he was all in dark. It wasn't just like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do anymore. It's like, no, that's it. This is I've, I've made my decision. You know, this is where we're going to go. And he I think that that film was well done to show why Darth Vader was so evil. Because, I mean, really, outside of the like the Expanded Universe or the Legend series now, um, original trilogy is all you had of just kind of the, the myth of Darth Vader. Um, and so watching this film kind of, at the time at least, kind of like hyped it up saying, oh my God, he's done such terrible things and he's lost. And like really made me see why he was so scared in the universe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's a lot more story in between now. But before then, you know, that was just kind of like a... He, this is why he's the ultimate bad guy. And I liked how that did. Obviously, there's some issues with acting and other stuff and writing. But for the most part, I think it was a, it was a solid Star Wars film. No, I see it. it it's definitely my favorite of the prequels. But um, yeah, I agree with most of what you were saying there. So yeah. yeah. Uh, James, what's your number three? Uh, my number three would be Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Uh, it's, it's the most different out of all, well, maybe it's not the most different anymore, but <laughs> it's very different from most of these Star Wars films. Yeah. So it's the side story of the Death Star plans. I think Gareth Edwards, I know he had some issues filming it and they had to do a lot of reshoots and bring in, uh, what, Tony Gilroy and all that stuff. Yeah. But I enjoyed, for the most part, um, Godzilla and his previous film Monsters as well. So taking on a task like this, you can tell... It's like a fr- brush of fresh air, brush <laughs> breath of fresh air, and I think it still has some of the best cinematography out of any of the Star Wars films. I um, agree. It's very emotional. Character. It's was cast really well. Uh, it's not perfect. There's a lot of uh, parts of it that I didn't enjoy, but overall, I thought it was a very unique take and a very entertaining take. I agree. Uh, and my number three is uh, the Force Awakens. Um, I I know there's uh. There's some controversy on the film and how it's a carbon copy of New Hope, but I think it's a great it's a great call back to form. That doesn't make sense. No, it does in a way. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people uh, were downtrodden a bit by the prequels, so this is something to give people kind of it's a to me it's like a a love letter to Star Wars. Ex- exactly, and, and I think it it brings back the magic of Star Wars. Like when you're when you go in watching it and you come out it. You ha- you have that sense of magic that the original trilogy made you feel, and I felt like the characters were developed well. Um, it was a great kind of uh, farewell to some of our original characters as well too, but it it just felt like the magic of Star Wars was reestablished, especially with all the backlash that the prequels received. Yeah. Even though I I do enjoy some aspects of the prequels. The Force Awakens is definitely like a superior movie, and uh, I think J.J. Abrams just his cinematography was really good in it too. I like the way he films. Some people like hate the light flare or whatever, yeah. but you know what? I enjoyed it, and I thought that he brought uh, some of his own flair to this movie. Nabil, what's your uh, number two? My number two is uh, James's number three, uh, Rogue One, um, and I agree. That's what I really liked about it is that it was very different um, stylistically. Um, even on the tone, it wasn't about the Force. They bring it up, you know, it, but it really isn't about, you know, and everything about the Jedis or anything else. They they were rebels. They're, they're going out for a specific mission. They're doing what they have. And th- this is kind of like the things that I've enjoyed from watching, like, the animated shows, you know, like um, like Rebels or um, The Clone Wars. Um it's, it's a different story in a universe that's so interesting as it is. And the fact that they were able to give it a good film and adapt that, um, I think, is is what this kind of encompasses all that information and all those all the lore 
and and change the tone of the universe and say there's a lot of other things going on here instead of just you know the skywalker story and i liked seeing that and you you know it has its faults of course like any other film but um you did feel emotion for the characters even if you may or may not have known what was going to happen to them at the end and you wanted to kind of you you want you were rooting for them the whole time there was enough connection for you to care about these characters and really be invested as to what uh, what was driving them and what was motivating them. And some people may argue against that, but I think there's enough evidence in the movie to, to support those claims. What about you, James? What was your number two? Uh, my number two is Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Uh, Marco's number three. I really like this movie. I don't care that it has similar tropes to New Hope. Um, I think J.J. Abrams did a fantastic job at casting for this film. Um, oh, definitely. The characters are all very memorable, and I like, I liked the route they were going in this film. It's not the most action-packed one, I would say. It does have some spectacular events where there's, you know, with like the. I, I keep thinking. I think the most action we see is really with the X-wings and yeah, Maz's Maz's castle and maybe Starkiller base. That's about it, really. Yeah. Outside of that, and the Falcon, I guess there's a lot more ship fighting than you think actually in this film. Um, but no, it, it, it was very, it was a movie that where I, when I left the theater for this film, I felt very moved by it and it was a very hopeful film. And I thought JJ Abrams, I like JJ Abrams, his style, man. Um, ever since I saw super eight, I think is one of those movies where excellent. Film. I just underappreciated film too, I think, but he's very, I always compare JJ Abrams as like the Steven Spielberg of our time. Yeah. And I think it's just going to get better from here. And I'm, I'm very happy that he's doing episode nine. I, th- I think, too, that um, and people people do give it crap that they feel like it's a reboot. But you have to remember the original Star Wars film came out like 30, 40 years ago almost. And I think it is 40 years ago. That's a long time for any of us. Like none of us in this room was born during that time when it came out. Um, that's a whole, like two generations away. So for you to. Yeah, you can say that you can do that comparison. But this wasn't even a reboot. This was trying to build off of those trilogy. And he did a really good job. Doing all that work, building the characters, setting up the lore, getting everything going again, and keeping the tone and the style the same as the original trilogy. And connecting both everything of the right prequel and the original trilogy together. I thought that was just... He did a great yeah. job at he, that. He did a really good, like, honorable job of sending off certain characters. And yeah. the the way that it was it was done was in a way that I think fans, ca- hardcore fans, casual fans, everybody liked that film. Yeah. Overall, it, other than people hating on it, but you know. yeah, <laughs> hey man, uh, things repeat like history repeats itself, man. So I didn't really mind too well that there were some similar elements to the previous trilogies. My mm-hmm. uh, number two would be uh, The Empire Strikes Back. Great film. I mean, it's uh, it's the one film that I feel that everyone thinks of when they talk about Star Wars, and since I was a kid. I, and first saw this movie on VHS. I fell in love with it. Uh, it I think it it flows well. It's uh, it's dark. It's spiritual. It introduces you know Imperial Walkers. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it's great. It, it challenges the heroes r- really. It really puts them in in dire straits. Uh, you see growth in all of them. In in Han Solo. In Princess Leia. In Luke Skywalker as well, too, like you see him go from farm boy nobody in the first movie uh, to a military leader in the Rebel Alliance. And he takes it upon himself to go face the greatest threat of all, Darth Vader. And 
it shows that, hey, sometimes you fail on your quests as well, too, because you ended up losing the fight and losing a hand. Spoiler. <laughs> um, but I, I felt that uh, it was a great continuation of the story and an excellent second act in, in the space opera. Yeah, and, you know, my number one is Empire Strikes Back. Um, and, and for a lot of those exact reasons, the film itself, super quotable. A lot of the, I mean, if, even if you've never seen Star Wars, I'm going to spoil it again for you if you haven't. <laughs> Darth Vader's Luke's father. I mean, that's, you know that. Like, yeah. that's in your memory. We losing fans. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not a thing that nobody knows. Everybody is aware of that. That's, uh, there's, uh, so many quotable lines, um, just when they open in Hoth, you know, the, the battle over there, like you said, the Imperial Walkers, you've got uh, Dagobah and him training and it truly, Yoda. It truly establishes the Force yeah, in this that, movie. Yeah, that whole film is Star Wars to me. Like, that is what everything has been based off of and and going to seeing the growth of the characters, both Luke uh, Luke and Leia, Han, you know, Chewie, their, their whole relationship, the Darth Vader, and you get to see um, the Emperor as well. Like, all that is part of it. And you get to get a brand new character who you like and hate at the same time. You know, Lando is yep. in there, and he, he, you find out he's, you know, that whole scene, uh, the whole the whole time they're on uh, Cloud City, and they're going through, you know, being friends, or is he a friend, is he an enemy? Like, that whole mystery right there throughout the film, it keeps you captivated as well. That that film, to me, is is what Star Wars is all about. And even watching it today, so it's, the music and everything else just works so well that that's, yep. I get excited watching Star Wars just because I see that one film. James, your number one? Yeah, so my number one is Empire Strikes Back as well. Surprise. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back, I saw it in 1997. It was the first Star Wars film I actually ever watched. So it led me down a path of falling in love with this series, really. So... Uh, Empire Strikes Back is kind of like guided my life in a way. Not trying to get emotional here or anything, <laughs> but I learned I hadn't do nothing about Star Wars. I had heard little things, but before the special editions came out, Star Wars was kind of dead in the water back in the nineties. It faded That's away. True. It was just yeah. a series. Of, it was just three movies that came out that were really popular, you know. But yeah, I would say that seeing the first thing I ever saw was like Luke on a Tatan walking through Hoth, and that's an ingrained image that like I'll remember till the day I die kind of thing. And um, it's a very somber film. It doesn't end on a happy note. No. Um, Irving Kirshner is the director of this one, and you can definitely tell he stepped up his game. He was a much more experienced director than George Lucas. Oh, yeah. He went on to do Robocop 2. So <laughs> fantastic film. It, it uh, Yoda was a big deal for me, too. I learned about Yoda, Dagobah, uh, Lando. Obviously, you guys know I like Lando a lot. Doesn't show up in anything anymore, but... You He's know. still asking, though. Give him a job, guys. Come on, guys. He was the fucking Jack Sparrow before Jack Sparrow, guys. Can we bring Lando back. Overall, great film. It has one of the coolest lights ever seen, battles I'd ever really? seen. Yeah. I love the shadow effects on uh, Cloud City when they're yeah. fighting in the Carbonite Chamber and uh, well acted. Everybody, like he says, outside of uh, Luke, you know, making out with his sister, it's a pretty <laughs> solid film. <laughs> I agree. And uh, what's your number one, Marco? Uh, my number one is Rogue One. I know it's a bit blasphemous because everyone's number one is most likely Empire Strikes Back, but I think Rogue One is just very not, original. Not according to IGN anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the reason I like Rogue One is uh, it, it skewed the view that we've always had about the Rebels being the good guys. They haven't. This movie shows that they haven't always done noble acts, and they do it through Cassian when he kills an innocent man. 
at the beginning of the movie just so he can get away as well as when uh, the rebellion bombed an imperial base uh, it showed the horrors of war and the loss that the rebels really took during uh, their fight against the empire uh, how disorganized these band of these bands of outcasts were against the oiled machines of the empire and just how big their odds were against them it made you care about these characters you never knew about never seen before and their see like their their true motivations and see them feel lost and without any purpose at the beginning of the movie only to come out as like heroes at the end so i i really like that i, li- I like the themes of this movie and how much different and the cinematography of it it was just well put together nice so those are our top three Star Wars films. Got a little honorable mention for the uh, Ewok Adventures too. Jesus. Um, so we're gonna move on now to our review of Star Wars: The Last Jedi. So here's the IMDb summary of Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Rey develops her newly discovered abilities with the guidance of Luke Skywalker, who is unsettled by the strength of her powers. Meanwhile, the Resistance prepares to do battle with the First Order. This is uh, directed by Ryan Johnson, best known for The Brothers Bloom in 2008 and Looper in 2012. And it has a bunch of people in it. So let's start it out here. Uh, Marco, what did you think? Uh, by the way, so we won't spoil anything here. I'm going to tell you right now, though, we will jump into spoilers almost immediately, though, because it's hard to discuss this film without talking about spoilers. So, Very true. Um, non-spoiler mm-hmm. review, though. Marco, what did you think? Um, I liked it. I sort of liked it, but I didn't love it. I liked the cinematography, the action, the themes, uh, some of the performances. But, um, yeah, I... Uh, Dislike the plot, character development, or lack thereof, and the pacing. Awesome. And Bill? I liked it. Um, I think it's worth a watch, for sure. Uh, It's same thing with Marco. I like the themes. I liked um, the visual effects. Um, The fight scenes were great in this film. Um, And I think that it's it's, it's, debatable. (laughs) I think that it's... Were we watching separate films? Obviously, they have another opinion. But um, I think that um, it's definitely different from what star wars is i'll tell you that but i do think that it is uh, a film worth watching oh james I, I well first off everyone's gonna watch this fucking film regardless of what we say here for the next 20 30 minutes but yeah i was i was underwhelmed this is the first time i've actually left a star wars movie other than the clone wars uh animated film that was in theaters <laughs> where i i i was uh, confused and shaken and also worried a bit. it's a third time for me oh shit <laughs> <laughs> um i like the prequels so i don't give a fuck so um yeah this film i thought was poorly written i thought that this was a film that should have maybe been the start of a new trilogy not the middle of a trilogy um very questionable plot lines there's three plot lines that go on in the film and only one of them actually was enjoyable for me yeah, there was one good action sequence that I enjoyed, um, phys- physically wise. Otherwise, there's the the fighting is cool with the X wings and shit. But outside of that, this is probably one of the most disappointing films I've seen all year. 
Um, I like. I still liked it though. I know that's stupid to say, right? Just shitting on it entirely, <laughs> being like, well, "Well, man, fuck this shit." What is decent though? Well, shit. I saw it twice, so I feel you on that. I don't. The thing is, I don't want to see this again until it comes out for, for me to kind of tear apart myself, like home video wise. I think um, I, I'd say use your, your movie pass on it. I got Oscar films to watch, bro. <laughs> 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 I got better movies than this to watch. Um, which is weird for me to say. Like, this is really unknown territory for me, guys, to like be a shithead toward a Star Wars film. But I, goddamn, I'm just really worried. About do, it. do you find yourself like trying to like the movie? I'm super tr- same. As much as it sounds like I'm like, dude, I try to reach in. I don't. The cinematography is okay. I uh, I think this was a little bit too much for Ryan Johnson, truthfully, and he just started retconning things that he didn't either like or or panic didn't about. want to use from J.J. Abrams movies. So I think that's the issue with going from a new director each time they do a film. I can only imagine what Colin Trevor would have done in episode nine. Holy shit, right? Disappointing. I just like Blade Runner 2049 for me. Actually, I liked Blade Runner better than this. And you guys know how much I shit on that film. Well, now I now I know how you feel about that film because I've I feel kind of This is how under, I felt underwhelmed. Yeah. yeah, I feel underwhelmed. But I mean I loved Blade Runner 2049 and it's to me definitely a better movie. Much and that's hard to film. say. Yeah, that's really hard to say. This is probably the first time I've I've finally felt that this is a Disney made film. They're I feel like they're going for more casual viewers. Like my girlfriend liked it a lot actually, and she's definitely not a hardcore fan. So maybe it's more aimed for them. I don't know, but um, I'll talk about what I didn't like in spoilers. But I will say, yeah, I did like Ray. Ray was cool in it. Uh, Kylo Ren. They explored more of him a bit. Uh, that was cool. And um, I po. liked uh, the Porgs. I liked Poe. Poe was okay. He had some questionable questionable things. But um, I just, overall, I just felt that they forced too much humor in parts that didn't need humor. Um, and overall, it could have been a little different. But hey, Same. that's me. Okay, so what we're going to do here, guys, let's just jump into spoilers. How about that? Just so we can talk about exactly it. Yeah, I want to talk to Nabila here. So if you haven't Hold seen on, though, the film but, yet, yeah. don't you know? Skip ahead. Look at the timeline in uh, in the description. It's our timestamps. Yeah, our timestamps. Make sure you jump ahead because you don't want to listening to us. Yeah, don't want to get ruined for. Regardless, you. we know you're gonna watch the movie. So share your feedback. Let us know what you think of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Nabil, talking with spoilers here. What did work for you then? So, so what I liked is the character development for the for specifically the main two characters. Now I didn't. That's Ray and Kylo Ren. Yeah. I did not like that. Like you said, some things were retconned and just kind of put to the side or just answered. Some things. Yeah. <laughs> but what I did like is that they did show Ren, uh, Kylo Ren, um, showing the conflict, how he felt after he you know killed his father. Um, what Snoke thought about him. I love that scene where Snoke was berating him and making him feel like a piece of shit and not worthy to be there. You know, I liked um, Ray and... Felt like that was more the director berating J.J. <laughs> Abrams. Probably was. But I did like that that's, you know, that Kylo Ren was internalizing it and also battling his demons and didn't know what to think of that anymore. 
Um, and Ray, the same thing. She was still trying to find out who her parents were. She didn't know what this force power was or what she was supposed to be doing. She was looking to Luke for I don't answers. Think she, I don't think she still knows what. Oh no, she doesn't. No. She didn't learn anything. There was two lessons of three. We don't. We never yeah. found out what the third lesson was. What's the, what's the third lesson? Yeah, never never find out about that. I didn't even know he was going to get to the second one. So <laughs> it just showed up. That's lesson two. Okay. Oh, cool. Um, he, but I did like he drank from the nipple of a creature. I did like their dynamic though of Kylo Ren and Ray building together and and you know try, that how they played off together. I almost felt like if they just focused that on that, yeah. it would have been a better movie. Finn, on the other hand, fuck man, I liked Finn. I liked him from the first film. I like him as a character, and he's still Finn in this film. But man, they didn't do anything with him here. Let me jump on that too. HighDefDigest.com talked about that Finn is a great side character. Yeah. He's a, he's a yeah. sidekick. But he's supposed to be a star. But then we're gonna give Finn a fucking sidekick too in Rose, right? So you got a sidekick with a sidekick with a loosely fucking set up romance between the two that does not work in my opinion once again not saying you you guys and i'm hoping that it's i hope because what you see is that finn doesn't really want to make this romantic and she is Is that's how it comes off but is that really how they want us to see Finn? because he's a stormtrooper that doesn't never maybe experience this i i felt like i've talked to you guys before we even started recording i thought the relationship between Finn and Ray is a lot more natural than yeah. the Finn I agree. thing. I, I felt like the relationship between Anakin and Padme in the prequels was more believable than this. <laughs> oh, shit. Maybe in episode three. No. Dude, because this came out of nowhere. The kiss came out of nowhere, and the fact that she says, trying to save those that you love. I'm like, you love this guy? You know him for He's like He's a hero. Hours. She loves heroes. No, bro. 16 hours. But, oh, but those yeah. are the things I liked. Is, is I really did like the, for the most part, for the main characters of character development, the action scene at the in the throne room when they're on the ship. That was so that's, cool. That's my favorite scene. That is scene. like so awesome. Same. That whole scene with Re- uh, Kylo Ren and Rey fighting. Only because I think the red on black looked dope too. It did. Yeah. It was amazing. Stylistically, that was just great. Um, I did like the fight with Captain Phasma and Finn. I did not long, like how long it lasted. I didn't like the circumstances of it. Uh, but The fight lasted like two minutes, But bro. what I did it get to see, yeah. I did like. Phasma should have never came back again. Another thing, Redcon. Like, why are you going to tell us? beforehand like he's gonna have a much bigger role in this one right no that not wasn't that really big role. phasma had no fuck man i don't even know why phasma was in this movie period just keep it off yeah just to be I, like finn has a bad guy or they or, or they shouldn't have hyped her up as much just kind of kept her in the background kind of like similar to like captain piet in the original trilogy where he's just there like he's interesting but no, you but don't captain really piet you know, is dope dude yeah captain piet was more interesting than captain phasma isn't that crazy yeah. But the thing is, is like what James is saying, like why hype something up if you're not going to follow through with it? No, I agree. That's why get even why even at this point, why I even hate. hire a fucking well-known, like a good actress for a role that's well, I mean, you could have done. I yeah. don't think that she she died, by the way. I, I think she fell down over there. There's a reason why it looked like she was just falling out of a pit. I think she survived that. She is I wearing like Nubian back. armor yeah, or I, Nubian I, I think she'll come back in the next film. Still, she's dead, bro. I don't think so at all. Put money on this. Yeah, this is recorded. Everyone, remember that. I don't know how she can survive that. But okay, I I liked. She she survived the trash compactor Starkiller base, right? Yeah. Uh, I I like the themes that that this movie brought up as far as like uh what what heroes are made of or where they come from, uh how legends are viewed and how they're not always who they seem to be. Um, like the the mistakes that the Jedi's have done, like over the years, and learning from mistakes. 
But these are things like what James was saying, like these are things that you probably should have visited in the first movie, not in the second act. Like these are the, the, the themes and elements that were brought into this film are things that start or begin a story and you establish more. It's not something you just drop in the middle of a story and say, boom, this is happening now because it makes it feel like this movie is more of a retcon or a reboot of everything established in the, in yeah. the first movie. The, the characters, I enjoyed the characters. The character development, I felt more that Kylo was developed more. Rey had more of an arc in The Force Awakens than she did here. Her her character loosely developed, in my opinion. It's not that much. If you really, if you really think about it. This movie only it, takes place over a day. No, yeah. 48 hours, actually. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Poe, I felt like, although his actions were questionable, he did develop because he learned that essentially he was being groomed to be a leader and i enjoyed that that princess leia was like did um, you think those went on too long though a little bit some what? of those scenes inside like, the ship yeah. Like, yeah did he need to get knocked out like two Twice? different times yeah. i was like okay yeah. i did i liked and that they tried to include poe more but yeah it was like, kind of look like, you like, like him in political things right yeah. i what i didn't like was that his actions were were pretty much because or a consequence of miscommunication and i was like yeah. just fucking tell him what the plan is and he, he was a commander out. not like five seconds ago you could have just shared that with him he wouldn't have done anything Ex- exactly he has rank in order to know that information then not, they wouldn't have tipped off some only, other guy and none of that would have happened not only that but they know that he is a hot shot pilot and that he's prone to make rogue decisions and if this will this will prompt him to make a rogue decision it's it's like you're just enabling him by doing this. Do you not know how your crew works? They all know he's a hotshot. They all say specifically exactly. that he's a hothead. And so it's like I was so, like, why did that scene remind me of Top Gun? Like I don't like the way you fly, Maverick. Right. <laughs> so um, aside from that, I also like the some of the action. I did like the Praetorian Guard fight scene was fucking excellent. I I did like the uh, the hyperspace kamikaze into the so, first order. Yeah. However, I did feel like it was too little too late. It's like you're seeing your guys get picked off one by one, and you just now think, you know what? Let me just ram these guys because I'm on a suicide mission anyway. Also, why did you even have to sacrifice yourself if those things have fucking autopilot? I was just somebody told me that. It's like, oh, yeah, there's autopilot. Why the fuck didn't you just do autopilot? Use and an escape pod and Apparently, leave. Apparently, uh, one person can control the whole thing, so right. why do they have a whole crew? Yeah. <laughs> why, also, why didn't they think that at the beginning when the ship was filled with more fuel? Would have been a bigger explosion. Well, I'm just no. saying. Um, also, their plan was, hey, look outside the window. We're actually going to that planet over there. I'm like, are you fucking <laughs> oh, serious? We don't know where everybody went. Maybe they went to this nearby mineral planet. Yeah. And then... <laughs> I'm like, you You really think that their scanners <laughs> can't pick up life forms? General Hux is like, I don't want to get thrown in ground again. I'm not. I'm just going to chase him and play the long game. You know what? Let's just destroy this planet anyways. Fuck it. Just God forbid yeah. they fucking speed up to get within the barrier oh, and just knock Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. Look, okay. The things I hated. The slowest <laughs> space chase ever. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Like... Uh, we obviously don't know how space travel works. There's a gap over here, momentum. You know, one thing goes, constant uh, Marco, speed. Yeah, I don't Marco, know. just to let you know, they can have flames in their space and sound. Right. We don't have that where we live, so we I don't just, know what happened. Yeah, well, apparently... You and you can th- fall out of a fucking thing and Superman your way back. <laughs> yeah. Oh we'll, oh, we'll get to that. But the fact that you have swarms of TIE fighters that can catch, that are lighter, faster, and can catch up to motherships to... 
destroy the capital Even, ships. Here's the thing. Kylo Ren's two torpedoes took out their entire hangar. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's like one time Their fighter. concern, like, oh, we can't do it because it's too far out of range. They could have sacrificed one of their guys, and they would have, they've done it before, sacrificed one of their uh, killers, uh, their starfighters, uh, TIE fighters, and just, oh, he's too far out. Shoot them all. Kill them. At least you got rid of them and we sacrificed one, uh, one uh, pilot. It, exactly. Yeah. Not only that, but their ships are, like, the there's starfighters have like arsenals on them too that can shoot from a distance with yeah. speaking of get, shooting from get, a distance getting a little nitpicky here let me go over what i like real quick <laughs> before we start tearing it going down a rabbit hole yeah because it's, yeah. it's beginning to happen we, i'm trying to keep it under control here i didn't like too much now that i think about it um some of the comedy even though it was forced i it was okay uh ray and like kylo like we're saying is probably the best relationship yeah um in there and I, the, the of course, the Praetorian Guard scene was fucking sick. That was dope. And then, in a way, I'm excited to see where this can go now still, even though I'm worried about it. Like, at least we do have another movie to fix it up in a way. And JJ has plenty of time to do that because it got delayed. So it'll be December of 2020. So, but, or 2019, actually. I'm That's sorry. 2019. 2019. 2019, yeah. Thinking, sorry, I'm thinking of the possibly Obi-Wan one. Um. So outside of that, you know, there was uh, the themes were cool, too, of like, it doesn't matter where you come from. Um, although I had issues with that because of, you know, once again, things we were promised. And like I said, I feel like they like Ryan Johnson just went in. It's like, nope, 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 nope. Let's get rid of this shit. Yep. This is my movie. This is what we're doing. And then fuck you guys. Apparently Disney loves it, though, because they're giving him his trilogy. So I don't know what he's going to do. Well, I, I think I, he's I, a Disney kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. easy to work with. I think this this would have worked in a separate trilogy. These themes, the these uh, actions and consequences could have worked in, in a whole new trilogy. Because I, I liked them. I just didn't like them for this trilogy. You know, you know what I like, I mean? too? I did like the flashback scenes of Luke. Like, regardless of not seeing too much, of the not seeing anything in the temple, actually. Now I think about it. Yeah. But of like explaining of why he and Kylo had that breaking up of and then Luke coming back at the end, the fight scene, even though it's a cool. farce, yeah. was pretty tight. Just showing good. seeing him show up. Yeah. Until you find out what's really going on. It's like, oh, okay, that's cool. I just I was hoping for more, but that's that's what I liked. And going we can continue now. <laughs> Couple let's just give me your top two things that you didn't enjoy. I, I didn't. Uh, I will say what I didn't like is that the plot did take over forty eight uh, hours, and I'd the, say weak on plot. Yeah, the plot overall, like what they tried to stretch out in that time, they tried to make it make it dire that Finn and um, that new character I don't Rose. remember her name Rose um, had to go to that casino planet. They had to go and Canto Bite. They had to go and yeah. get the code breaker who ended up being somebody else. I will add to that. Like, that is probably the most prequel-esque part of the movie. Yes. A prequel radar was yeah. going off hard. That that just part. Seemed, I was like, okay, that just Especially seems really weird. Especially with the animals and yeah. the five, ten-minute chase scene that was just reminding me. No, no offense to Revenge of the Sith. It looked a little general grievously. Yeah. No, Obi-Wan riding a lizard creature, right? Um, that was the one thing I didn't like. I mean, the, and that's a big thing. That's a plot. That's a big deal. 
Um, and the other thing I didn't like was the use of Laura Dern, um, the Vice Admiral. I kind of liked her as a character. I thought she was going to kind of be there to step in to replace Carrie Fisher. Could have been anyone. It really it looks like it. Well, I mean, I feel like they could have expanded her role for the next film. The fact they did that and just kind of killed her off, I was I was pretty upset about that. I thought there was going to be a bigger There's thing. There's no need to have big names to fill some of these roles. Apparently. That's, that's the yeah. thing. Like, like, Benicio Del Toro, was he? He wasn't either. They were hyping the up his The Master yeah. Codebreaker? Yeah. Yeah. You know why his name is DJ, by the way? I didn't know his fucking name. It stands. And for, you had it's just, on his hat. Justin Thoreau was the actual Coldbreaker, <laughs> so yeah. it just it's, was a cameo there. DJ, he actually says why at one point. Don't join. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Uh, and do we know if he's dead? He might have escaped beforehand. Who knows? You've never does seen. Does anyone him. care? Yeah, really. No, I. I Maybe Finn does. Sure. They have to keep getting bad guys for Finn for some reason. Right. <laughs> well, Phasma might be dead. Uh, what about that fucking Mexican guy that broke in? Yeah, you know, it wouldn't have been Hispanic. easy to kill Hux and then Sorry. keep Phasma because, you know, that dynamic was established. Did Hux die? No. No, I'm just saying it should have been better for him to no, die. No, he did not. He got thrown. That guy but, kept like eating him. up fucking time, yeah. too. Uh, two, two things I didn't like. Um, obviously, the Canto Bite, a.k.a. Shit. Casino Royale scene, um, it was just unnecessary. One thing I want to say real quick. Waste of time. Yeah. Did you know, um, this is just for everyone, a little, because we can talk about spoilers. The guy that's complaining about the guy parking in the beach... He's mm-hmm. like, I told him it's a public breach. And he yeah. just left. That's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, because he, he was in the movie Brick, which is also by uh, and Looper. Brian Looper. Johnson. Looper, too. Oh, and Looper, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, but yeah, the Canto Bite scene was completely unfucking necessary. Are you, is he serious? They're getting caught over a parking violation? But anyway, that's very prequel. I think that was trying right? to be funny. Yeah, prequel yeah, that was a prequel thing. Uh, total, total waste of time. I know I've said that three times about this. It doesn't it really pay off. Is. It does yeah. not pay off. It doesn't what, even what, matter. What does it accomplish? Nothing. Well, Nothing. I, from what I'm seeing, I think it's accomplishing the whole. The whole thing was to get the to those kids. kids. The inspiration, the, the, the hope, that, which that, was. But that was just a long draw out time to get to that. What you could have made your point quicker. Like, what if we free your horses? Right. Yeah. So it's a fucking. It's a stretch. Instilling uh, hope in the universe. Other thing I didn't like was. I just want to punch a fist through this town. I was like, oh, oh fuck. Wow. I was like, George Lucas did the dialogue for this uh, section. Yeah, I was like, did you guys have George cameo in for a line here and say, oh, let me uh, let me just write this line God, in for you, Ryan. Ryan? Do you think Rose would like to say that? <laughs> um, I guess, George. Shit. Uh, let Alright. This is controversial. I hated what they fucking did with Luke. That's not controversial. That's not controversial. He was a shell of a fucking man, dude. In a way, he, he, he finds like, himself yeah. by the end, and he, he realizes because Yoda tells him like, "This isn't your point. Is to keep passing on things." I uh, that was a great cameo. By no, the way. yeah, I oh, sorry, was, saying Yoda. I, I was Yoda excited. Was, Yoda was a good cameo, but uh, I just uh, I felt like it was just underdelivered. Like there was really nothing special about Luke. He didn't really give much to Ray to go on like like Yoda gave so much knowledge and wisdom to Luke in in the original trilogy he obviously and didn't learn anything pre Yoda so. yeah he basically he basically he gave up <laughs> yeah he's like sorry Leia I gotta kill my nephew he basically gave her the books and say here homeschool yourself learn it like I did you know he didn't even know she took the books he didn't even know oh yeah it's true no, he, he tried didn't. running into a tree like oh yeah. shit but uh I feel his his take these books since we're in spoilers, man, his his death was sort of just, oh man. I'm it was hoping harsh. that it's a payoff for the next yeah. movie, though. I'm sure JJ so will find something to do with that. That's one of the things where Marco, I I kind of was like, eh, I'll, I'll take it. I, I do, but I felt that 
Or do you think Disney was like, hey, you got to end these guys. We don't know who the fuck's going to survive in the next two years. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I, I felt like he had more, he could have had more to give in, and that's something that they should have done at the end of, of the trilogy. That's just my opinion. Um, I do like how there's some bit of hope because you see Ghost Yoda use the Force, mm-hmm. and uh, he actually puts his hand on Luke, I think, and touches Luke. So it shows that they can still that, interact with with living beings in the galaxy. So maybe maybe Luke comes back and does some crazy shit. I don't know. I mean, Luke uh, maybe, Phantom kissed maybe, his sister. Maybe. So who knows? <laughs> True. Yeah, on the forehead. Remember? Well, she has the force, so yeah. they can do things. So, uh-huh. And uh, it's cool because she knows that the dice are fake. Yeah. She gives him that little glance, so she knows he's actually not there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It's a little hint. The maybe, lightsaber maybe. was a big hint too. Yeah, it just got destroyed. So how the Kylo? Open your eyes, fool. Yep. I wonder if like maybe the. Forced ghosts in the next one will train Ray. Like Qui Gon shows up and Anakin. That'd be so cool, some cameos like that. <laughs> it's Please. like we're bringing the band back together. Yeah. Uh, is it a young Obi Wan now? Is the Qui Gon's like the living force? No, no, Sir Alec Guinness anymore. So yeah, um, I didn't. You know what? I don't think Carrie Fisher's a good actress. There, that's my controversial thing. She's that, super yeah. fucking stiff. Yeah, I mean, she literally, tries. Literally, I guess she does now. try, but I agree, she's not. Like, I think she she, she has her control. moments, but in others, I'm just for like, oh, somebody man, they should have reshot write, that lot. That, for somebody that to scene. write an article and say this is her best performance as Princess Leia, I'd like to smoke whatever the fuck they're smoking <laughs> right now. Uh, yeah, because Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I was like, did you, have you Leia, not seen so. Empire Strikes Back? Have you not seen Slave Leia? I mean, what what are we talking about? <laughs> Jesus, she was beautiful at one time. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Yeah, she just didn't work for me, man. I'm like, okay. She's still like, hey, girls, Pearl, get over here. <laughs> You've got to find the resistance. It was, it, the fact it, that they didn't kill her off, I get it. Like, something's going to happen in between, right? Or something. But goddamn, they could have used her instead of uh, Vice Admiral Hold, Holdo, just like you said. Yeah. She would have been a better kind of, like, Stand she's up, an extension of Princess Leia in a way. Yeah. She yeah. got trained by her. So that's why I was like, ah, shit. You know I, I, mean? I agree. They, they could have had a bigger pay off by having Leia be be a hero and actually save the fleet That's what I by destroying they, they the first order fleet and yeah, I was like oh, yeah she would have been like our missed opportunity this. that um, scene where they were trying to board the ships and she's like I'm gonna stay behind I thought she was gonna find a way to shove her in there and I'm staying behind or something like that it would have been like this I'm staying behind <laughs> sorry I'm shitting on her. Rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. She still did a good job she overall, did. but I'm just saying I didn't think I think people are blowing it out of proportion. Uh, last thing, I didn't like the retconning shit. So we don't know anything about the Knights of Ren. Just uh, you know, whatever. I would love to learn about the fucking yeah. Jedi Temple at one yep. point. That'd be cool. Nothing um, about Snoke. Nope. Don't know about Snoke. Snoke dying is just like bye bye Snoke. And they kept saying, like, oh, you're going to find out some shit here. Read the comics, guys, I guess, is what it's going to be, because that's what they want you to do, it sounds like. Maz, they threw Maz in, Maz. For randomly. some reason. I don't understand How why Maz is, is that? there. Finn knew her for five minutes. Yeah. He's like, hold on, I know someone. Does Poe know but her? But truthfully, Poe met her? didn't he just meet Maz, like, yeah. a week ago? Yeah, it all happened just recently. Yeah, that How is the true. fuck did she have a fucking um, a dispute going on? I'm like, isn't your castle destroyed? Yeah, we yeah. saw it. Got destroyed by the first <laughs> There's order. There's a lot of a couple days ago. There's a lot of continuation areas from mm-hmm. these two movies that just, I they're just hoping, like, I hope you just like the Porgs. Because it just looked like it was like a month at the most apart. Because Finn just woke up, so it couldn't have been that long. He his he doesn't got a beard at all. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm just saying. Would he have one? <laughs> no long hair. Hair still the same length. Hey, he keeps it clean. He woke up. Uh, Akbar dying. Fuck, man. <laughs> oh, dude. he didn't know it was a trap. You know Sorry. what? I didn't oh, like. Man. I didn't like that. Damn. I didn't like that part because they just gloss over it. I'm they like, uh, hero of the Battle of Endor. Yep. Anyone? Biggest meme in the internet. 
Nothing. Sons of bitches. We lost them all. And Akbar. And my last thing I'm going to say, because we're going too long, is uh, no fucking Lando. Yeah, I I was hoping. I I was hoping they'd show me the casino. I don't know anything. Or the ship. ship. There was was like, whose ship is this? I was like, please let it be Lando's. Mm -hmm. I was like, please don't be convenient and show every ship that everybody knows. Oh, we know all those ships. Never mind. Yeah. Because guess what? Lando was a gambler, so it would have made sense. I was like, Baron Administrator of Cloud City, please. I guess not. I'm hoping. I'm hoping to God. Okay, so last question here, guys. What are your um, hopes for for episode nine, starting with Marco? Um, wow, that's a tough question because I have no hope right now. Um, <laughs> What's your hopes for Han Solo then? If you can't answer nine, um, I can. I'll answer both. I, I really hope that Han Solo is is solo. More, sorry, solo. Oh, the, solo yeah, story. the solo movie is a better film, a solid film uh, that actually helps helps us move on from this and You're like come on ronnie <laughs> get to, come on ronnie yeah and get to episode nine um i i think it's gonna be well i think it was in good hands with, with ron howard but going back to nine um i really hope that it helps like book in uh this shit show of trilogy so far because so far it seems like the force awakens <laughs> and the last jedi are at odds with each other like they're both pulling in different directions, and JJ now just like has, the pulling of the lightsaber. Yeah, exactly. He has he has a choice of whether he wants to finish off with Ryan Johnson started or what he started. Like, are the Knights of Red now going to be the rulers of the galaxy now? Because Kylo essentially destroyed the head of the First Order. How about we? Jedi. How about we even just take a step back? Can we just learn about the Knights of Red? Yeah, maybe, I don't yeah. know who the fuck I these guys know. are. Are no. they fallen Jedi? We had a weird glimpse of it, and that was it. At the yep. first film, not even this film. Which I thought we were gonna see that fucking flashback. Yeah, we did which not. Which we see a part of it, but not quite. That's it. Nope. Well, no. that's because uh, it was. Will uh, Will Ray actually learn how to really fucking control the force? There's gonna be a time jump. Will be there be jump. a decent lightsaber battle? Uh, yeah, there was one. It was uh, in that throne room. They didn't clash lightsabers at all, but they were fighting with them. I know, but I mean, I want to see a, no, I, a, a, I guess he's not a Sith, a Knight of Ren versus a Jedi Knight? Luke does say, uh, I will not be the last Jedi. So I guess she is going to continue the Jedi Order. I don't know. She's going to do the uh, How to Be a Jedi for Dummies books she got. <laughs> right? Is she going to be a gray Jedi? No. They're not going to they touch that. The you think they're going to touch that now, bro? Yeah. No, nah, fuck no. 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 Everybody can throw that fucking theory out. Uh, Nabil, what about you? Um... I do that. I hope that they expand on the Knights of Ren for sure. Um, I do want to see what's going to happen with Kylo Ren taking over the Force Order. Is he going to get rid of it? Is it going to be still a thing? Um, I think so. He's the supreme leader. Yeah, now. he's he's in charge. You know. Um, I also he, he did say you know let the past die, let the First Order die, let the Resistance die. So it's like hmm. he's making his own click. Yeah, <laughs> he is making his own basically. Click. Yeah, no, that's right. It's going to be called the Second Order. <laughs> I, I think that also the Empire Alliance. Sorry, go. I want to I want to see um I want them to do something with Poe because Poe seems boys. like such a badass. I just I want him to be that badass in the film because um, right now he's just a, like a myth. Um, for you know the a leader everybody aspires to be. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> he's the spark that burns right. the first order. Um, which is and Luke. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with Ray. Uh, there's a lot they can fix, and I they want them to expand on so many things, but really. Is if they can just at least connect Ray, I hope that's not really her parents, and that it wasn't just that was just a, a lie from Kylo Ren. It's fifty fifty. Yeah, yeah. it could be either or. So I'm I'm hoping it's a lie, and that there's a much deeper thing. Me too. So because so if you think about it, it's opposite Darth Vader, where Darth Vader tells Luke that just he comes up, from something. Yeah. 
Um, and it's it's sort of like, is it is it true or is it not? He was born of the midichlorians. All I'm yeah, saying is J.J. Abrams is like, it's a great payoff. Yeah. For her family heritage when you find out. Exactly. Like, Thanks, J.J. And then Ryan Johnson's like, no, nah, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe he was lying. I don't know. But I'm hoping so. I, w- I want more of Ray's history. I want to see her master the Force because she obviously... That really is raw talent. Like she's pretty powerful. She's super good at levitating rocks. Yeah, she can do that no problem. She doesn't have to think about it. So that's what I mean. She didn't even know the force was forty eight hours before, yeah. right? So imagine if she true. knew what if it she really was. She was trained. You know, I, I want to see since the the lightsaber crystal's broken in two, her make a staff. Please don't. And my most kidding. the biggest thing I want to find out is what lesson number three was from Luke. <laughs> <laughs> He's on lesson three. You can become a ghost. <laughs> um, I hope the solo film is... I, I hope it's better than this. And then I'm going to be like, there you go, guys. Look at that. The Star Wars story films are pretty solid. I hope they announce an Obi-Wan film, too. Fuck it. Um, At this point. Yeah, they're gonna, they have to announce it soon, I'm assuming. Other than the trilogy. I, think, I feel like they're still going to do spinoff films, right? I'm sure they yeah. Will. yeah. Well, I mean, the trilogy is like their main sequence of events, and then it, it might not be an episode anymore, but it's going to be a trilogy of something. But they, I hope they have more spinoffs. Um, episode nine, I'm thinking that uh, I, I hope it's more of a return to form. I understand we're going in a new direction here, and maybe people felt like this during Empire Strikes Back because they didn't know how Return of Jedi was going to happen. I can almost guarantee no one could have predicted that. Back in 1983. Return to Jedi, yeah. They're like, they're going to go to a moon, I think, and f- have bear allies. Someone's With like, cannibal you're crazy, <laughs> you're uh, They also crazy. didn't hype up characters back then either. So. You no, know, because they kept them. They survived more than a movie and a half. <laughs> Very true. Shit. Sorry. It's nice to have a main bad guy that's cool, too. Um, Not saying Calorin isn't cool, but he's a little whiny. A little whiny. He's still underdeveloped, is the thing. He's in his 30s. Like, fucking get over it, kid. Um, so I have a feeling Poe will become like a leader. Yeah. Leia's gonna die off screen. Ray will become a Jedi, possibly train those new people somehow. I hope there's a time jump, like you guys saying. I hope it jumps five years ahead or three years ahead. Something they have to because they only, they only have one movie left to book. Can we get this. out of this fucking week, basically? Basically, out of this week, yeah, yeah. just get out of that Please. week because <laughs> it really is from start it, to it finish. Is. It's at the most, you know, like two, three weeks. Maybe the most. tops two, three weeks. Yeah, yeah. like you're saying. Top For the weeks. whole film, the two films we've just seen. So, so That's I'm a bold just... move. That's a really bold <laughs> move. Bold move, Cotton. Fuck. Bold move. Um, I don't know. It's going to come out in two years. We, hopefully, we, we say that that was a great trilogy and that was a great payoff. Yeah. And then hopefully, Ryan Johnson I, doesn't... F- well, you know what? Maybe with him being totally controlled of something without... The beginning, because this would have been a good beginning. Yeah. So I agree, one hundred percent. So maybe it will be better. I'm, His I'm, new trilogy. I'm gonna be optimistic. I've been really bummed out last like three, four days. I couldn't sleep that night for some reason because I'm <laughs> fucking weird. So I hope it's a better film overall. I hope J.J. Abrams writes it a bit and gives us a little more. He doesn't gotta give us everything. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know who the fuck Snoke is. Yeah, I'd love to. I don't want to have to read a comic book. Which is, I feel like what they're going to end up doing, but I hope not. That's such a Disney thing to do, by the way. Yeah, they can pay extra. I don't. I, know. I don't mind too much that we don't know about like Snow because we didn't really know much about Emperor Palpatine in no, the beginning. Not a, we actually didn't know anything. But, yeah, and it's 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 okay, I guess. Fine. Why'd you hype him up then anyway? No one hyped up the Emperor in the original trilogy. Um, that's my two cents. But um, kind of there. I think I just hope that you. Like again, they really do establish Ray as a as a true force user, and get her some fucking proper training. Have, you like that? 
the Praetorian Guard one, they didn't use any force powers. No. I didn't like that. Mm-mm. As much as I like that fight, like, no force push, nothing? No. no they were just you very know well what? trained. Bring George Lucas back to chore- choreograph one of these at fucking least. seeds. At the least. At least we can say the prequels had some badass lightsaber yeah. seeds. I, I read a review where they were saying that they were, that they were uh, Kylo and Rey were insane. I didn't read it, actually. I saw a review where the person was saying that they were in sync with each other and that no lightsaber fight was like that. And I was thinking, did you never see Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan fight or Anakin and Obi-Wan fight? Yeah. They were definitely in sync. And When he uh, says, follow my lead and they fight Dooku, come on, son. Yeah. I was like, did we not watch the same movies? But anyway. (laughs) Fuck, man. We're not shitting on anybody, by the way. There's a lot of negativity going on on the internet right now. People saying, well, you must not be a real fan or something, but... Everybody has their own cup of tea here, and everybody likes something different. Overall, I'd still recommend checking it out because everybody's going to watch this. Don't get left out of the loop. It's still a Star Wars film. We have Han Solo coming out in five months. We have more Star Wars than you can ever possibly imagine. It'll never end at this point. Yeah, that's true. I, I agree. Um, go check it out. I mean, I've seen it twice. I will say that it is a little bit better the second time um, and kind of easier to, to swallow. I don't know. Maybe my opinion will change. Um in the in the coming months uh, i know at first i didn't really enjoy the prequel trilogy but over time i've appreciated what george lucas was trying to convey so yeah and i enjoy him now that i want him so maybe that will happen maybe the themes and the elements of this movie were were just like too much to handle at the time i don't know i like i said it's uh i i think it's worth watching i think uh the film isn't a isn't true to Star Wars as a whole. It has aspects of it. it. Takes like you guys were saying from the prequel, from the original. There's a lot of aspects. It's Star Wars-y, but it's not a Star Wars film. I wouldn't consider it like the rest of the films. They don't have that kind of same feeling that you got from the other films. It's a good sci-fi yeah. film. It is a really it's a good sci-fi. It's a good movie to itself, but there are a lot of weaknesses, and especially coming off of the uh, the Force Awakens, um, really does kind of change. He, he sets a new tone, competing with the old tone that was set just. Just the movie before, yeah. Um, but like James said, everybody's gonna watch it. You need to watch it. Get on, you know. Even if you're just a bandwagon fan, watch it, enjoy it. You take what you want from it, um, and hopefully that the, the next Star Wars film will be even better. All right, so that is the end of our podcast number thirteen. Lucky, Lucky 13. thirteen. Oh, look mm. at that, crazy. Um, once again, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Um, we love the feedback, response, uh, friends, family, unknown people now. It's pretty cool. Um, Marco, you tell us how they can contact us and talk about that giveaway one more time, buddy. So you can reach us on our Facebook at facebook.com slash moviepalspod, or you can also tweet at us at moviepalspod. Once again, just retweet or share any of our episodes and tag a friend that you think would enjoy our podcast. Don't forget to hashtag it, MoviePalsPod, in order for us to select a winner. Thanks, Marco. Okay, so our next pod. This is, by the way, this is actually our last pod of uh, the 2017. Year. Wow, we made it, guys. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy Non-Denominational Holiday for everybody else who's like me. Happy just enjoy your holidays. Uh We'll we'll all see you uh, when we come back next year in 2018. And this is a nuclear war. Then I'm sorry, and I love everybody. Sorry, uh, Nabil's been kind of a downer <laughs> on this podcast. I think the Russian films and Anastasia got to him. So, yikes! I guess. Anyways, next pod will be around the uh, first week of January. 
We're going to be going over our top 10 movies of 2017, followed by a review of a movie. As of yet, not determined, but we will have one. Surprises. So once again, this is James. And Marco. And Bill. And until next time, have a good one. So uh, I actually watched Anna Karenina. Uh, Anna Karenina. Anna Karenina. That's how you say it. Sorry. <laughs> Are you sure now? It's always hard Isn't to say the Anna name. Anna Karenina. Karenina. So I was actually watching Anna Karenina. <laughs> Karenina. <laughs> Holy shit, Nabil. Because <laughs> they don't say Karenina. They say Karenina. So I was watching Anna Karenina. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> All right. Can we, can we include this? <laughs>